Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Fire and Ice Sports. It is September 1st. We have finally made it to the Holy Grail of fall sports. College football begins tomorrow night with Division I power football games. But we'll get to that later in the show. As always, my name is Evan Smoke. I am a sophomore at the University of Georgia, and I am your resident buyer here on the podcast. Uh, a little south of me, about three hours southeast, is Bryson Wheeler, the local ice. He is attending Georgia Southern. Bryson, how are we doing this past week? And I we've been a little delayed, so I just want to catch up with you. How you been doing? I'm doing great. I am so ready for college football. I've been watching all the hot videos. I'm sure you've seen it. The one Sports Center posted yesterday of LSU with the um swag surfing song that that just gave me chills. I'm so ready for football, man. No, I mean football, especially in this season, has to be one of the more highly anticipated considering there's so many good teams and just we're returning to normalcy. You know, we were deprived. We got a taste of football last year, but we were deprived of a normal packed stadium, atmosphere, electric type feeling. And, you know, we've got some great games this weekend. Headline, of course, by my Georgia Bulldogs taking on Clemson in Charlotte. And we'll, talk, we'll break down that game later. But um, this it just has to be a great feeling to return to some normalcy all across the country when it comes to college football. Yeah, and I agree. And also, like, talking about how you really don't know who's going to win it all this year. I mean, yes, you still got the front runners in Clemson, Bama, you know, but they're – I don't know if Bama's, you know, the powerhouse they always are because we don't know about Bryce Young yet. Clemson, you know, they have questions at running back and who's going to be their number two receiver behind Justin Ross. I mean, uh, Oklahoma, is their defense finally ready to step up? Georgia, who's going to be their pass catcher? All these teams at the top, they have their question mark. Ohio State, who's going? Is their quarterback going to be C.J. Stroud? Is he going? Is he going to be you know what he's hopped up to be? There's just a ton of teams who can make that push. I think this year, and I think it's going to set up for a great year. And you know, even outside of the top five, I mean, you look at the second tier, and the second tier has always been like, well, I mean, they get some luck on their side and they can win. I don't – that second tier is really like a 1B. I mean, I'm talking like Oregon goes to Ohio State week two and wins. Who's saying they're going to get left out? North Carolina lucks up and beats Clemson. They've got the quarterback. They've got the talent. Mac Brown came to UNC to, t- to win that type of game. You have Iowa State out there with the best backfield and backfield duo in the country against Oklahoma in the Big 12. I mean, there's so many – Watch out for Cincinnati. Yeah, if Cincinnati goes 12-0, and are you going to keep them out of the playoffs? Absolutely not. You can't. So, I mean, you know, and then there's there's those four teams right there. And then, like, what about A&M? Is A&M finally good enough to beat Alabama? So, I mean, the whole top ten has a legitimate argument to be there at the end of the year. And that seems like it's not really something we're used to seeing. I agree. Well, I've got our um, statistician over here, Noah Hall, with us with our trivia question. Um, hit us. Okay, in 2019, what Power 5 receiver led the nation in receiving yards? Jamar Chase? That is it, Jamar Chase. Okay. That, that one was a little easy. That was a little easy. Yeah. As soon as Bryson said that, I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, because he I went can, crazy that year. I can give you a tougher one. And I mean – just set us up one later. But, uh, Evan, I got you a question. I'll give you an extra chance at one. All this, right. This is a kind of harder question. I heard it on Greeny the other day, Mike Greenberg. Yeah. Okay. So, in the history of the NFL, there are two quarterbacks who have won a national championship and a Super Bowl. Who are the two? 
I got one of them, and Noah got the other. Give me a second. Um, it's a hard. I'll, I'll go ahead and just help you eliminate it. No current quarterbacks have done it. Okay, I, I figured that. I figured that. Um, thinking back, maybe. Um, no, he didn't win though. Dang it. Just go ahead and think of your main Super Bowl winners, probably. That's what I'm I'm doing. I'll give you a half a point for each one you get. All right, all right. I need – give me like 30 seconds. I got my my timer up here. All All right. right. Hey, while we're talking about this, Jackson, you got any statements for the Georgia-Clemson game Saturday? Uh, yeah, we're going to keep it to uh, 10 points. Uh, okay. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all he's got, boys. Noah, you got any remarks on it? Clemson, I said. Just Clemson like Jackson said. Me and Evan will get into our picks a little bit later in the show. I can only think of – I can only think of – no, I can't think of either because I was going to say Brady, but Brady didn't win one at Michigan. No, it's no current players. Got any guesses? I'm like trying to think. It's not. I'm thinking of the last 25 years. So one I mean, of them I... is in that. Well, no, he wouldn't even be in that. I don't think. I don't think either are. Yeah. I mean,. Oh, okay. One is Marino. No. What? <laughs> never won Super Bowl. Did it? Well, he might have. I may be wrong. He definitely did win a Super Bowl. Uh, right? He was the quarterback of the 16 and 0 team. No, he wasn't. Was he not? That was like way early. Ugh, okay. All right. Well, 10 seconds. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tarkenton and Aikman. No, I thought of Aikman. Aikman was one of my guesses. But, um, or no, Bradshaw, I thought about Aikman. Okay, so the two are Joe Montana and uh, Joe Namath. Joe Namath, yep, that's the two. <laughs> Joe Namath, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you want to jump into baseball real quick? Yeah, let's touch on the lesser sport before we, you know, absolutely lose our minds with excitement. This, this, you know. All right. So everybody's favorite, the Atlanta Braves. You know, they've kind of made a push the last month into the playoff picture. At you know, a month ago, you told me we were going to be leading the division by two and a half games, which is what it is right now. I probably would have looked at you a little weird, but the Braves have been playing some really good baseball. Yes, we've lost two in a row to the Dodgers, but we can never beat the Dodgers, and. <laughs> So, we're just going to take a quick look at the playoff picture. You've got in the NL East, you've got the Braves with a two-and-a-half game lead over the Phillies, and those are pretty much the only two teams that you would think could win the division. The Mets are five-and-a-half back, but they're without DeGrom. There seems to be a lot of locker room issues there with the thumbs-down stuff. You know, I, I just don't see them making a push that they need to. Um, Maybe they can overtake Philadelphia for the wild card, but I don't think they're going to come back. Yeah. All right, in the Central, you've got Milwaukee with a 10-game lead over the Reds and 12-and-a-half over the Cardinals. I think that division's just about wrapped up with the pitching staff the Brewers have. They're just not getting below that lead. In the West, the loaded NL West, 
You've got the Giants with a half-game lead over the Dodgers and 13-and-a-half over the Padres. And the Padres, are they have a better win percentage than the Braves, or the same win percentage as the Braves, and are 13-and-a-half back. So that just shows how loaded that division is. I think that the Dodgers are really going to make a push for that and probably win the division. The, the Giants have just not been there in so long. And none of these guys on the Giants team, you know, really have much playoff experience. I just feel like the Dodgers are ready and the Giants are not. What are your thoughts on that race? I think San Francisco is going to pull it out. It's going to be close. But the, the scary thing is, who wants to see L.A. in the first round in a wild card matchup? I sure don't. <laughs> I know that. If the Braves were to, you know, somehow lose the division and th- sneak into a wild card or something, I, I don't want to face them. What is the playoff format for this year? Is it last year's format? It, no, it, it is back to normal. It's just the three winners and then two wild cards. I mean, the five teams. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then the let's jump into the American League. In the East, you've got Tampa Bay, who is nine and one in their last 10 games with an eight-game lead over the Yankees. The Yankees have been playing some pretty good ball lately and made up a lot of ground. Jumped Boston in, in the division. To, uh, Boston's fell to third. So, yeah. you know, Tampa Bay's playing really good ball. So are the Yankees. I think Tampa Bay wins that division probably. Going to right. the Central, you've got the White Sox with a 10-game lead. That division's all but wrapped up. Uh mm-hmm. In the West, you've got Houston with a five-game lead over Oakland. Oakland was a team playing really good, but yeah. they have started struggling. They're four and six in their last ten and have lost a lot of ground, especially in the wild card. Let's jump over to the wild card real quick. You've got in the National League, the Dodgers, and then you've got Cincinnati and the Padres are tied for that second wild card. You've got the Cardinals and Phillies looking just outside, two and a half games back. And that's about all that you'll see, probably. So it's going to be whoever wins the West between the Dodgers or Giants, the loser's going to get a wild card. Then you'll have Cincinnati, San Diego, St. Louis, and Philly fighting for the other. What? I was going to say, who do you think gets the second wild card spot? If I had to go right now, I think it's the Padres. I think they're the most complete team. Francisco Lindor just getting back, one of the best players in baseball. I think that's going to be who it is. So I think you see three teams from the West. I thought Francisco Lindor played for the Mets. Not uh, Tatis, Fernando, my bad. Same same thing. Same thing. Then you jump into the American League. You've got the Yankees with a two-game lead over Boston for the wild card. And then you've got Oakland a game back, Seattle three-and-a-half back, and Toronto four-and-a-half back. I have money against Boston, and they're actually kind of trying to blow this for me. But, you know, anybody I bet on or make a prediction on, it's going to go the opposite. So Boston's probably going to get a wild card, and I believe the Yankees will too. So you'll probably see three teams out of the East there in the American League. So, you know, a lot of loaded divisions with the AL East and the NL West, and then you've got some weaker divisions with the Braves division, you know, and and the uh the NL Cent- uh, AL Central. So, a lot of lot to look forward to. You'll know a lot more about the Braves and their situation within the next week cuz we have a kind of easy schedule after these games with the Dodgers. So, we'll just have to see. We'll come back to this next week probably and know a lot more. 
Yeah, it'll be a big, um, big. Uh, all will be revealed really soon, especially you know with the Braves schedule getting lighter and some other games across the you know country playing against each other. Some series are big this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how everything pans out when we come back and talk next week. All right. Well, let's jump into what everybody is ready for. Tomorrow night, we have college football. Ohio State, Minnesota play tomorrow night. We're just going to kind of touch on this game. It's kind of just the opening big game. You know, you've got C.J. Stroud making his debut for Ohio State. May get to see some Quinn Ewers if this game gets ugly. Quinn Ewers just signed a $1.4 million deal for the NIL, and he's supposed to be in high school still. That's just insane to think about. So, uh, is there anything you want to talk about that game real quick? This is the traditional, um, you know, it's kind of like a running gag throughout college football fans and analysts that Ohio State likes to lose a game they have no business losing. This looks like one of those games. It's not going to be. They're not going to open the season with a loss. But it just reeks of that desperation of losing to Maryland or Purdue or something like that that Ohio State's been known for in the last years. Give me Ohio State. Probably pulling away big at the end, but it'll probably be close for about a half or three quarters. Well, I think this Ohio State team, outside of the quarterback position, may be the best team in the country. But the quarter, I'm not sold on CJ Stroud yet. Now, look, he's going to be a good quarterback, but is he going to be the Justin Fields or the JT Barrett's or Braxton Miller's? You know, Cardell, uh, what's his name? Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones. You know, is he going to be one of those quarterbacks for Ohio State? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see on that. Uh, Friday, you've got North Carolina, Virginia Tech. We'll get to see the improvements Sam Howell's made. Is he ready to take that next step and be a Heisman contender? But then Saturday, we open up with the big guns. At noon kickoff, you've got Penn State, Wisconsin. Give us your thoughts and pick on that game. I'm going to take Wisconsin um, just because Penn State was so disappointing last year. I mean, I think they're going to bounce back, but I don't know if they're ready. I I believe in Graham Mertz. I thought he was a really good quarterback coming into last year. Um, I think he's, I think he's got the potential to be a really great player. Overall team right now, Penn State. Um, Because Wisconsin's just getting back into the groove. Penn State's got to rebuild what they had before last year. I'm probably going to take the Badgers at the close. Yeah, I, I agree with that. This game was really hard for me to pick. You know, I, I was a huge <laughs> Then they had all the opt-outs, you know, Michael Parson not playing, you know, stuff like that, and it really hurt their defense. So can they come back from that rough year? And talking about Graham Mertz, at the beginning of last year, he looked like Tom Brady, and then he kind of just fell off a cliff late. Can he get back to how he was playing early in the year? I like the spread's five and a half Wisconsin. I kind of like that number. I think it'll be right around there, you know, a touchdown win for Wisconsin, something around that. Yeah. The next game we're going to talk about, 330 kickoff, Alabama-Miami. This is something, if I was a, you know, if I was betting Vegas odds, you know, stuff like that, I think I would hammer the Miami plus 19 and a half. This game is just, I think it's going to be much closer than anticipated. Bama's going to win. Don't get me wrong. I would never bet Miami to win this game. But 19 and a half is a lot for Bryce Young making his first start against De'Eric King, who is, what, a fifth-year senior? Senior? Yeah, exactly. So, I just think this game, you know, is going to be a 10 to 14-point top game Bama win. I think it's going to be a great 
to see how good Bama actually is. Has their defense made the strides that everybody's talking about them making? What's your prediction on this? Yeah, I would definitely take that spread. And I can't believe Vegas is still have it that high because, I mean, you could you could realistically have a three-score game and still get and still cover the spread. Like, yeah. I'm definitely uh, taking uh, the Miami spread. I, I'll probably see. It. I'm thinking a 14 to 17 point Bama. Maybe, yeah, maybe kind of a, probably around two touchdowns. Something kind of like the Ohio State Minnesota. Maybe it's close for like a half, and then you know Bama, you know, pulls away in the end. Something like that. I'll take 14 to 17 points, Bama. All right. Well, the next game on our schedule at 3:30 is Indiana Iowa. Indiana looked really good last year sometimes with Michael Penix and Ty Freifogel at wide receiver. Freifogel is going to be one of the best receivers in the country this year. And yep. they're, they're kind of being slept on. I think they could, you know, be a contender up there in the Big Ten with Ohio State. Iowa, on the other hand, always their real physical team. Iowa is a three-point favorite. I think I'm going with Indiana here in this slot upset. Yeah, I, I, I want to pick Indiana. Like, I really like that team. I got to see them play two years ago when they played Tennessee, and they choked that game away. I really – I like the coach. I think Michael Penix is a very underrated quarterback. I mean, they're wide receiver. I mean, they just scream a good football team. But I don't go against Iowa. And the game is in Iowa, right? It's in A. Yes, yes, yes. I don't go against, you know, them waving to the children. That's – I don't do that. I think the Hawkeyes are going to win a very close one. Um, yeah, but give me the Hawkeyes. All right, well, let's move on down the list. At 430, we've got Louisiana Lafayette playing Texas. I think this could be a very interesting game and could be the first upset of the season. Some people may not see it as an upset just because both of them are ranked, but Louisiana Lafayette has never been looked at as a playoff contender Never looked at even as like a top 10 team. Texas is just that huge powerhouse name. And if Louisiana Lafayette can knock them off, that will be huge for them. I, the line is eight for tech, minus eight Texas. I think Texas probably covers that. I think they win 10 to 14. What are your thoughts on it? No. Give me the spread, if not the outright win. I stopped betting against Alabama assistants a long time ago. Uh, Billy Napier leads a great team. They return, uh, isn't it like 19 out of 22 starters down there in Lafayette? They were an amazing team last year. They're only going to get better with another year of coaching and experience down there in an Alabama-style regiment. I don't believe in Texas. You know, they don't have a great quarterback in Sam Allinger. You know, their defense isn't stout. They've got a brand-new coach, so Steve Sarkeesian's got a you know, go through a whole new game plan. I'm not saying they lose outright, but give me at least Louisiana Lafayette on the spread. I just feel I, – I see where you're coming from. B. John Robinson at running back I think is just going to have a field day. Now, I get Lafayette – I may be overlooking them, but B. John Robinson's going to be a top five running back this year, and I think he's going to have a great day Saturday. I mean, we keep saying that. It seems like every running back we talk about is a top five running back. I mean, eventually someone's got to be not top five. You're right. You're right. All right, well, let's uh, skip the biggest game of the week and let's go on down to LSU-UCLA at 8.30 Saturday. LSU is a three-point favorite. And if, like I said earlier with the Miami-Bama game, if I was a Vegas better, I would be hammering LSU minus three. Yes. UCLA has been 
awful the last two years. I know that they played really good against Hawaii Saturday. They were like a 17-point favorite, ended up winning by like 44. But this is a whole different team than uh, Hawaii they're about to play. LSU returns, what was it, 20 of 22 starters? Oh, yeah. And I, I just think that LSU, Kayshawn Booty at wide receiver, he's going to be one of the best in the country. I feel like they have a really good game, and I think they're going to win by two or three touchdowns. I don't think it's going to be even that close of a game. The, I, I, would, I would agree with you. The, I think it might be just a little closer. Reason being is they've been away <coughs> – They've been away from home now for going on. It'll probably be four or five days by the time, you know, this game gets played because of the hurricane. They're practicing out of Houston. You know, they have it. They don't know what's going on back in their place. That could be laying heavy on their minds. But LSU's still winning this game by more than three points. But I just don't think they would be the absolute creaming that we, you know, they would have deserved to give UCLA, you know, considering the conditions going on back home. I will give you two names to watch out, though, for UCLA. At quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson, he was no. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he was the backup to Tate Martell at Bishop Gorman, correct? And he's really talented, four star coming out of high school. Uh, it's time for him to finally blossom, and I think this could be not really his coming out party because I, I think they're still going to lose, but it could be the game. Oh, UCLA has a pretty solid quarterback, but also at running back Zach Charbonnet. He was the backup at Michigan a couple years ago, transferred in, and last week he had 106 yards and three touchdowns on six carries. I think that he's going to have a really good game too, but LSU's defense is going to be too physical. The offense is going to play good, and they're going to roll. All right. What? I'm just saying, yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, the last game that we're going to jump into before Georgia Clemson is Notre Dame-Florida State. Notre Dame is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that they are going to cover that win pretty handily. FSU has been abysmal and a dumpster fire of a program lately. I just don't see this game being that close. What are your thoughts? Yeah, as much as I don't believe in Notre Dame every year, this I believe less in any type of good play. Football comes out of uh, Tallahassee anymore. This is Jack Cohen, who was a transfer from Wisconsin. He's going to do pretty well for the for the Fighting Irish. He's going to have a great game, and uh, this game ain't going to be close. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of like how it's going. You've also got the um, Louisville-Ole Miss game. That's Monday, correct? Correct. I like how, you know, we've got college football. Thursday, we've got a couple decent games. Friday, we've got a good game. A lot of good games Saturday. We got a decent one Sunday, pretty good one Monday. I, I like it's a lot of football, a lot to get excited for. And now for the game that should excite all of us the most Georgia and Clemson. Clemson is a three point favorite. And, you know, at first when I saw the line, I was a little bit shocked. And I thought, you know, oh, it's going to probably go up to Clemson minus six or so. No, it's going down towards Georgia. It, they opened up as a four-point favorite. It's down to three. So, that means the betters are liking Georgia. So, yeah, it's is it time for Georgia to take this hump, take it over the hump, or is Clemson just going to roll? So, this is how I view it now. I guess everyone, I will once again say that I am a sophomore at the University of Georgia. I've been a lifelong Georgia fan. So take whatever I say with any grain of salt that you want. But I try to be as unbiased as I can. 
to me, if you had a fully healthy team, and I'm talking not like I'm talking, you have Tyke Smith in the defensive back. You've got all healthy wide receivers with Blaylock and George Pickens. Darnell Washington's playing. You have your starting center playing. I'm talking you are fully healthy from head to toe. I would take Georgia a thousand percent. Would not even be a question. Because I think just the experience of this Georgia team would overwork and somehow come out to beat the Clemson Tigers. Now, with everything put together, with all the injuries considered, with all, you know, with DJ Angelou getting to, getting to play two games last year, having that experience coming in this game, I'm taking Georgia in the slightest of margin. Literally a coin flip, like, beater field goal, probably 50-plus yards from Jack Pod to win this game. And if and if that doesn't happen, expect Clemson to win by two plus. George is going to have to win by the slightest. Well, just so everybody knows, when Georgia was fully healthy, you know, had Eric Gilbert as well. That was another name. I was thinking maybe a six, eight-point win for Clemson. But with everybody that y'all are missing, and here's the thing. Last year, y'all had to re- or this up like this year, y'all had to replace three starting offensive linemen. Clemson has the best defensive line in the country with Brian Brzee, Xavier Thomas, and uh Murphy up front. What's his first name? Miles, Miles Murphy up front. They've got the best D line in the nation. I think that's going to be the main key. Is Georgia very talented up front still? Absolutely, but I think the experience that Clemson has up front versus Georgia's offensive line is going to be one of the main factors. I'm picking Clemson by about two touchdowns here. I have a pretty good bit of money on Clemson as well this matchup. I just think DJ Uyongale is going to play great. You know, we talked about it uh, last week. Georgia has a really talented secondary, but has never played together. With Taki Smith out, who's going to replace him? We just – I think DJ Uyongale is gonna it's gonna be like part of his Heisman campaign. This is gonna be the first stone of it, and I think it, I think at first it's gonna be a really good game, really exciting, really high energy. But I just feel like Clemson's depth and experience on the defense, especially, is gonna pull them away. Well, see, I, I absolutely believe the opposite. Clemson loses three starters. And we have probably not the best, but the top. Y'all have the second best. I, I totally agree. Y'all have the second best D-line in the country. And here's the difference that I give the – who has the better running back core? Georgia. So, if, you're, if both offensive lines are out of play, you have to rely more on hoping that your running backs can outshift the defense line rather than the offensive line block it. And to the point – Clemson, while they do get big recruits, they are not the biggest home of offensive line recruits like Georgia is. And everyone who is going to play Saturday played last year multiple times a game. They didn't start, but they played. You have no true freshman starting outside of maybe Tate Rutledge playing some. Outside yeah. of – I believe – I think that – I think Jordan Davis and Adam Anderson and Kobe Dean and Owen Smith – Dan Kirby Smart are going to say ball to the wall and start blitzing everybody and making Longley throw it over the top to our defensive backs. Well, he will. That's not what you want, though, I don't think. And just so – look, I'm the biggest Georgia hater there is. But, <laughs> but people, y'all better understand I am a Jordan Davis lover. I have him as a first-round pick in my mock draft for next year. 
I think he's an absolute beast up front. So don't get me wrong on anything. I'll, I'll still tell you when Georgia's got studs. Jordan yeah. Davis is one of them. Watch out. And I, I think he's going to have the key to the game. You got to hope Jordan Davis gets two sacks. You got to hope he gets it back. You know, hold tight. Yes, they can get burned a couple of times. I'm not expecting you're going to have to score 40 points to probably win this game, and that's fine. I think we have the capability to do that. Um, but that's really a key matchup. You're, you're going to stop the run. You just can't get beat over the top. And that's going to be the request. And like we said, we can put Kendrick on Justin Ross. I feel confident about that matchup. I don't. The I question, wouldn't. You would not? No. They, Darian Kendrick, if, see, I didn't know much about Kendrick before he transferred over. And I saw something last, last week about him. Against really, like, good receivers, he really struggled last year. Now, against, you know, the lower-tier, mid-tier receivers, he was locked down. But when he faced the top guys, he really struggled. And I think Justin Ross is going to be back to his old form and be a really solid receiver. I See, expect Justin Ross to put up at least 80-plus yards. I, I mean, and I hope so. Like, I mean, like, all things considered, I'm glad he's back. It was a very scary injury. And, you know, and I'm glad he's getting a chance to finish out his collegiate career and, you know, pro- possibly move into a professional career with it. But I just don't think out of a year of rust, you know, that thought of – if I get one wrong hit, I might be paralyzed, lingering in your head. I think that could create some problems early on in the game for Justin Ross. Um, I think if you shade Lewis Seen over the side with Ross, you keep him together, you know, you just got to hope speed, you know, whoever comes in to play Tyke Smith's role, who I think might be Kilo Ringo, you know. Yeah. The- I expect to see a lot of Ringo Saturday. I sure hope so because he's supposedly this athletic freak. You know, everyone in the department, you know, talks highly of him. They say he's a great kid. They say he's a great athlete. They said he's freakish. I need to see it. Like, if supposedly that's what we have on our bench, why is it on the bench? Yeah, I agree. And uh, any other remarks about this game, really? Like I said, I, I, I would take Georgia in a pure coin flip, Jock Podlesny 50-plus yard field goal to win the game as time expired. Well, as y'all see, me and Evan uh, completely disagree on about everything related to this game, except Jordan Davis being an absolute freak. But um, next week we'll talk a little bit bit about the NFL. They'll be starting off next Thursday. Uh, we'll have our picks for this week on college football up on the Instagram soon, or or Friday or Saturday we'll put them up. And I'm also gonna repost last week's podcast uh Friday for another college football preview because we went into a lot of depth last week about everything. Uh any closing remarks? Um I am going to the game, so I really hope it's a pretty safe game. Everyone gets up there fine. Hopefully there's no bad weather and we can see a good football game regardless of the weather. Well have fun with that. I didn't realize you were going. Yeah, I got tickets. No, would you ever come up with another trivia question? I can say one. Nah, it's fine if oh, you ain't got one. I got it. Okay, he's got one for seven real quick. Okay. Who was the 2014 Alabama starting QB? Blake Sims. Blake Sims. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we both got a got one here. Uh, so we are all tied at four now. Woo-woo. All right. Any closing remarks? That's it. Go Braves. No Braves.